you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer with big design small budget here's your host betsy helmuth hi everyone we are back with our designer spotlight series and today we have affordable interior designs vita salehi vita welcome hi so you are one of our designer superstars in washington dc And we've recently expanded there. So I can't wait to hear more about you and your point of view. Uh, So tell us a little bit about your background with affordable interior design so far. Yeah. So um, I started working with um, AID a few months ago. And when the company decided to expand in Washington, D.C., so I live in Bethesda, Maryland, but beside Washington, D.C., we are um, working with clients in all surrounding areas, um, such as Arlington, Vienna, Fairfax, Tyson's Corner, and coming to Maryland side um, in Bethesda, Chevy Chase, Rockville, Columbia, many, many, many locations. And so tell me about yourself personally. You mentioned that you live in Bethesda, but tell me... What have you got going on? Well, uh, I, I'm living here for like about, I guess, 19, 20 years. And um, I love the Greenlands of Maryland. It's beautiful here. It's literally, it feels like you're living in the middle of a forest. <laughs> and... Uh, I just, uh, you know, uh, like the four season here, we are very uh, geographically very easy to drive to Washington, D.C. We are three, four miles away from D.C. and three, four miles away from the nearest town in Virginia. So it's very convenient. And, um, you know, I like the, the style of New York being close to near just four hours a a drive and also you know being in dc is fun well and tell me about your personal life like family pets tell me more about beta as a person we want to get to know you yeah sure um well i am uh, a uh, design and art lover (laughs) 
uh, design and art is uh, more than you know anything for me it's kind of living my brain cells so everything is kind of situated based on that but um, I love music coffee drinking wine um, I love to spend time with friends you know having uh, good food at the fun place I love mountains biking playing tennis Skiing is definitely my number one sport. And of course, doing art and photography, capturing moments in streets. And uh, my husband and my seven years old daughter and I, we love spending outdoors whenever we can. And we love to travel whenever we have the opportunity. So life is good. Well, it sounds like you're in the perfect place because you like that urban lifestyle with the restaurants and going out, but then you want to be close to nature and get outside. You got it. (laughs) Yeah, good for you. Good for you. Um, And so tell me why you were drawn to interior design as a career. When did you decide, yes, I'm going to be an interior designer, and what made you decide that? Well, um, it's a long story. So um, I... Basically, my design background, I started um, finding myself very determined and I would say mesmerized uh, by art and design very early on in life. I have a story to tell you, actually. Oh, good. So, um, like when I was around 12 years old, at that time, I lived about a year in a small city near Oslo in Norway. And I was going to school there while trying to learn Norwegian language. So one day there was an art contest going on for students and I participated and I took the first place. And they promised the winner artwork would be printed in large and hung at the main lobby of the school. So before I learned the language, my art was hung in a public school and was spoken already. And that was very encouraging and very exciting to me to learn about what art is capable of doing beyond race and culture and language boundary. So that was my very first, you know, moment that I realized, oh, so maybe I should just pursue that. So my very first art gallery exhibited when I was like 19 years old and I was a very active artist exploring all kind of media is like yeah, I was just gonna ask so was it what was your primary medium yeah. for the contest and then what did you do well, later well they they actually uh played in music and there was bunch of materials like fabrics and um wall covering and paints and any any media it was all there and you could just create your own you know design and art so it was more like a collage type and you had to listen to the music and it was just a soft classical music in the background and you had to kind of come up with that based on what you're hearing. So the theme was the music basically. Got it. That you could hear and observe the feeling. So as so you that- got older, were you still doing collage like at your first exhibition or? I was actually doing lots of different things. I even did pottery at some point. Uh, I was really doing a lot of um, acrylic um, medias, like doing a lot of collage, I would say, just working with different materials and um, putting them together. And 
I loved photography. So sometimes I was just doing digital photography, taking the picture to my Adobe Photoshop and kind of, you know, uh, I was I was really exploring art, and uh, and that was the time that I started studying my bachelor degree in graphic design. So I started my journey as a graphic designer, and um, soon after doing some freelance work in graphic design, I uh, started working in hard flooring company and doing like all kind of like wood flooring like vinyls laminates tile works and then i went to the plumbing company and worked and mastered my knowledge in bath and kitchen plumbing products and that was the time that i'm like okay so i should get some license to become a bath and kitchen designer and that's what i did ah I worked at the, as a bath and kitchen specialist for a couple of years. And uh, gradually I realized that I do like working in interiors. So uh, uh, maybe I should just go back to school and study interior design. And after seven, eight years of working and being in the field, I got back to school. I remember some of my friends were like, are you sure you want to go back to school at this time? So you were maybe in your early 30s or something. You'd finished college. You'd been working for seven or eight years. Is that about right? Okay. I was exactly 30 years old. Okay. Yep. (laughs) And uh, so I went to Corcoran College of Art and Design in Washington, D.C. And uh, I studied for three years the interior design and architecture. And uh, when I graduated, I worked in a couple of... uh, interior design and architectural firms in D.C., doing some residential and commercial works. And then I founded II Design Studio um, in Bethesda back in 2009. And here I am 10 years later, voila, right? Uh, excitingly working with affordable interior design, and I'm very happy for that. Yeah, so are you still making your visual art on the side? Now that is my hobby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. I love uh, I love art, and I have an art studio. As a matter of fact, oh nice. Some part of yeah, we have a loft, and uh, it's my art studio. My little girl, which is turned out to be hers more than I do. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, is she artistic as well? <laughs> she she loves art. I mean, she's definitely surrounded with you know. Lots of paints and brushes and layers of canvases and, you know, I don't know. The opportunity. Yeah, the opportunity is there, it sounds like. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Yes, because I, we actually had very similar backgrounds and I did not know that, Bita. I started as a visual artist as well, but I was a painter, so I didn't um, do graphic design. Awesome. And I became an interior designer through that channel. But it's so interesting because now I don't do any applied art. I don't <laughs> paint. I don't draw. And um, I do feel like I get my creative fix through interior design. But I've also been having this hankering to have a little studio corner. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah, you I'm feeling it. I'm feeling like something is brewing. It's just so hard because, you know, 
art, people just think you sit down and you make something. But there's a lot of materials you kind of have to ramp up. I think that's why graphic art is so much more, you know, you can pick it up and put it down. Whereas when you're a painter, you have this palette, all these oils are out, you're mixing everything. It's so messy. It's such a production. Yes, but it's such a relaxing and it's like a meditation. When you're doing art, you're not thinking of anything. So you're kind of focused of creating whatever you are creating. And I think that's the beauty of it. I do too. And I, and I think it's really vital, you know, if if you're the kind of person that originally did that. It's so funny because I went to this conference and they were saying, what do you want to do in your retirement? Like we were visioning or whatever. And they kind of had us just zen out and just vision. And something that kept popping up is I want to be painting. And I'm like, what? I never think of that day to day. I'm too busy going to soccer <laughs> practice and running my business and whatever. And, but it just kept popping up. So I think it doesn't leave you even when you uh, channel it in other ways. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. Now that you find yourself passionate about interior design, what is a favorite furnishing in your home? What is something that you just love that every time you pass it, when you walk by, it brings you endless joy? Um, well, um, hmm. I don't know. I really like my, um, I, like, I like our house and I like how it turned out, but it didn't turn out like overnight it was actually a long term it's funny that I'm an interior designer and tried to turn around my projects within two weeks but it took me like about four years <laughs> to um, completely finish all my corners and you know little um, spaces and all the artworks you know it takes time if you want to have it right and if you're not in rush, of course, you know, I was not in rush. I was like, I'm going to take my time, see how the light's aiming that corner. Is it, a, you know, shaded during like morning time versus, you know, there are a lot of things that it kind of can determine what color palette you use. If it's like a cooler tone, if it's a north light, south light. So, um yeah, but uh, style-wise, I have a very eclectic style, and uh, again, coming from an art background, um, I like to mix, you know. So you find that you have an eclectic style? 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of uh, complex. I, I do like um, simplicity within complex, kind of like very sophisticated, I guess, <laughs> to say it that way. But um, I like clutter-free, uh, sleek interior and spaces, but at the same time jazzing up with, like, um, colors and pops and arts. It's like fashion, you know, You how you sometimes dress up very sophisticated and simple outfit with, like, a very bold jewelry, and you accessorize it. So, and you're not afraid of being seen kind of so i'm not afraid of using bold elements items you know a piece of uh, antique furniture in the middle of like very modern sleek you know interior what's the wackiest thing you have that conversation piece that when people walk in they're like what's that do you have something like that Wacky. I don't think I have anything. Or not wacky. wacky. I probably used the wrong word, but unexpected. Like you were saying, like that vintage piece in the middle. Well, I do have two yellow, mustardy, um, very comfortable, by the way, armchairs in my living room. And I would say that's kind of something that people usually don't do. And they're afraid of using that bright you know, tone, but it works perfectly with the rest of the, you know, uh, pieces around it. And it just looks nice. At least it looks nice to me. Now, one, <laughs> and my family, one speaking of- actually, is, uh, his favorite shows are those. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Well, so Mustard is back. Mustard is totally back. So while that would have been, I think, a little bit more unexpected five years ago, now Mustard's everywhere. Chartreuse, yes. yeah. But I did have a question as you were talking about your style and how it was clutter-free and more simplistic. How do you manage that with a seven-year-old? Tell us your secrets, Bita. Where are her toys? Where are the backpacks? Yeah, we are very organized people, and I think she kind of got it very early on. And we tried to create some structure at the beginning when she was very, very little. So I was like, this is a no zone. <laughs> this is your zone. <laughs> you can do whatever in here. So we gave her zone, you know, and she kind of stuck with it. Like it was hard at the beginning. She was going around and, you know, and uh, I was always like picking stuff, picking her toys and putting it back to her playground zone. So she learned that. And I think we never had any problem. And I do have some pieces in the house that everybody were like, you know what, you're going to get rid of all that when you have the kid. And I was like, nope, <laughs> I'm going to teach her to just, you know, look at it and don't touch it. Oh, how's that working out for you? It worked out. I don't know how. Well, here's I the really thing. I can see it working out with your own kid, right? But what about play dates when they come over? Aren't they touching that thing and knocking something over? Well, we don't have that many, I would say, decoration, like small little pieces to be worried about. I kind of did not really, I mean, I'm not going to put like a very expensive, you know, piece of china in the middle of where I know my daughter will run around. <laughs> yeah. So I do have some, um, you know, cushion is, but we do have a basement and it's perfect for playing and running around without, and there is almost no furniture there. So it's, you know, that was my 
kind of safe place to go for my daughter. So you open the door and she goes down there. You throw her friends down there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's the beauty of a house versus apartment living is that you do have that extra space. Yes. It's definitely a benefit. Well, I do have a question that is coming from a listener. And so I'm going to read it for you now. This question is from Philip and he writes, I just moved into a new space that's totally empty. I don't know where to start, but I'm on a budget. Where are your favorite stores for finding items that aren't too expensive? So Bita, do you have any favorite stores that might be something Philip hasn't thought of? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, um, depends on the style that you're looking for. I mean, I like anthropology for my bohemian and eclectic style clientele uh i like west elman cb2 for like a mid-century modern look um you can find like you know somewhat reasonable i mean they're not really down down low like ikea but they kind of like have you have to look and uh, there are many online sources um to browse around, maybe take a look at One King Cell. That's one of my online sources that I usually go to at first. Um, Joybird is another source to look into. I don't know if what is the low budget. Sometimes that can be very tricky when you say low budget. So it's a relative uh, term, yeah, because you know it could range everything from Target to yeah. Well, I- Speaking of targets, yes. I find amazing pieces and very nice, uh, even qualities, like they're not low quality. And you can find amazing pieces, kind of like unexpected pieces in targets. And of course, Home Goods is definitely one place to go and find out, you know, what they have. And they change inventory on a daily basis. <laughs> but it's definitely... Um, worth the try and you know a trip there do you shop there for yourself oh i love it there yeah i love it there my daughter even love it there whenever i say i'm gonna go to uh, go to home goods i'm gonna go see if i can find some new cushions and she's like mama come you know because (laughs) they have this kit section with all these toys of course (laughs) <laughs> I try and stay out of home goods because I always leave with like 10 things I don't need. So exactly. there's one right next to our Trader Joe's, which is another place I always leave with 10 things I don't need. It's just a bad combination. <laughs> <laughs> I know you end up just uh, coming out with a bunch of like cards and, you know, uh, lots of uh, things that you may not really necessarily need at that time. I always come out with an extra box of note cards and three spatulas. Like, I don't need more spatulas. (laughs) And then, of course, what I went there for, like pillows and whatever. But for some reason, I'm just drawn to their kitchenware and I must have a box of note cards. I don't know why. (laughs) Um, So the last question, what do you feel is the most important element of interior design? Okay. Hmm. Well, um, I think almost all elements of design have their own values. Um, If I want to pick the most fundamental elements, I would say proportion and balance of the space. 
because proportions sometimes define as the overall scale. Sometimes it defines in the relationship of two objects. So proportion is measured in many aspects on the surface level, eye level. Sometimes it's just visual and not necessarily a tangible object. So a balanced proportion could be symmetrical. It could be asymmetrical. So there are a lot to talk about proportion itself, but I think that's, that's to me, that's the most fundamental part of the, any ups, uh, successful design. Well, I think putting that into a real world application, you know, so many times we walk into a space and the sofa is way too big, way too big. It doesn't leave room for graceful living. It doesn't leave room for a coffee table where you have room to walk between the TV console and the edge of the coffee table. And having pieces that are out of scale or proportionally too big not only looks weird, it can impact how you use the space. You know, if your dining table is so large that when you pull out the chairs, you're hitting the wall, it's out of proportion to the size of the space where you have it allocated, you know. So I think that that brings it down from kind of this scholastic academic idea to kind of how is it impacting me every day? Why do I hate going into my living room? Oh, I have this extra yeah, big section. And sometimes even the proportion can define in color. Maybe you're using too much of one color, mm. you know, and one tone. And we have to balance it and cool it down or warm it up. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot into proportion by itself. I love thinking of it that way too because so many times people just choose colors they like versus thinking about finding that balance. Why does this feel off? Why does this room feel so, you know, <sighs> I, I never record in the morning, Bita, because the coffee has not kicked in and I'm searching for words. <laughs> I always record at 4.30 in the afternoon oh. <laughs> because by that time I've talked for pretty much the whole day. And so my brain is like activated. But what I'm looking I for. was 4.30. I would have my glass of wine next to me too. <laughs> Vita was hoping to record. Vita was hoping to record with a glass of wine, and I don't blame her. That liquid courage to talk about interior design. I myself have um, liquid courage of coffee, which just awakens my brain cells, and I haven't even had three sips, which is beginning to show. <laughs> but Vita, it was so good talking to you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. <laughs> So good to have uh, to be here and, uh, you know, have this conversation. This was fun. Yay. Well, we're very glad to have you on the team. I'm sure we'll be talking to you again soon. And um, go forth and design. Yes, I will. <laughs> Thank you. And for those of you listening in Washington, D.C., you will want to call us and work with Bita. She's fabulous. Whether you're designing a business or a home, she makes lovely designs that are tailored to your style and budget. So check her out on our website at affordableinteriordesign backslash meet us. All right, Bita. Bye. Ciao. Bye. And I will catch you next week. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. 
And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.